1: Morning. this is Frida Liu, you're listening to Her Vantage and this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. It's International Women's Day and this is a particularly important day that honours the social, economic and political accomplishments of women all around the world Now Mercedes-Benz was one of the first businesses in Germany to voluntarily declare a goal in 2006 They increased the number of women in senior management positions to 20% globally by the end of 2020 So this objective was attained In Mercedes-Benz, there are now 22.5% female senior management Roles globally as in 2021. Three of the eight members of the Mercedes Benz Group's AG's Board of Management are women, making up 37.5% of the board. And they seek to increase the number of competent women in senior management positions and as the following step to reach a share of 30% by 2030. I'm with one of the women. Today, I'm here with Sagri Sadian, President and CEO of Mercedes Benz Malaysia, to share her journey in the industry, visions for Mercedes Benz Malaysia and the growth of Malaysia's EV industry, and of course, about herself. We'll start with herself. Good morning, Sagri. Good to be speaking to you. Maybe we'll start with your journey, right? You know how you started, how you ended up in Mercedes Benz. Ah, good
0: morning, Frida. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, definitely no better time to talk about uh, woman leadership than now. For me, at Mercedes Benz, my journey started uh, quite a while back, and being 22 years already in the in the industry. 15 of those have been with Mercedes-Benz. I started my journey back in South Africa, the beautiful and lovely land down there in the South, and was able to go through several roles in the automotive environment. I then moved on to Stuttgart, to our headquarters in Germany, where I took on managing sales for many of the markets such as Japan, Korea, Australia, South Africa, of course, Turkey and the Middle East. And recently, two years ago, moving down to Malaysia here to take over the CEO and president role, but also responsible for the total region here in Southeast Asia, which is including up to 10 markets and our general distributors. So been an exciting journey in the automotive environment across many environments, from sales to after sales, to training to product management. So quite diverse, but quite an
1: exciting journey. Right. Was it a conscious effort to go into the automotive industry or sort of got into it and then stayed on in it?
0: Interesting, you ask that. Uh, I must say, it's never a conscious decision. I think <laughs> to take a career in the automotive environment, but I found myself there very early in my career because of my interest in in vehicles. And I think once you are in, Frida, I have to say, it's like a little bit like an injection. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of can never get out, and uh, somehow it pulls you in. And if you have this passion for vehicles and for the industry, it just keeps on growing in in you. And yeah, I found myself at a very young age in in automotive, starting off running government and uh, local fleets and what you would call a fuel analyst back in the days. So I was very much interested and decided to move around the business in many areas. And uh, today I find myself here in Malaysia, running the Southeast Asia region in automotive and loving every minute of it.
1: Okay, so you were saying that 15 years in Mercedes, right? What continues for you to, you know, be attracted? I mean, with the growth that you see that the company has offered you?
0: I would definitely say when you look to Mercedes-Benz, their total motto is really about diversity and inclusivity. And they not only promote diversity on a gender level, but on a cultural level, on an international level. And there's huge opportunities within the automotive environment. If you're passionate enough about it, if you're really committed and and dedicated, the industry brings with it lots of challenges, which allows you to bring new innovation, new technology. And for me, these are very interesting elements. For us right now at Mercedes-Benz, the biggest thing is that we are entering the most significant transformation that we have ever been through in automotive. Mm. Transitioning our environment from combustion engines to electric vehicles, this is certainly the future, right. And it's exciting to be part of this journey because we face a lot of challenges. But at the same time, we have a meaningful contribution to the society. For once, the automotive industry is taking control of sustainability. And mm-hmm. at least I can feel at Mercedes-Benz, we want to be at the forefront of this. We really want to push our sustainability goals. And this is what really creates that inner energy, passion and excitement amongst all of us at Mercedes-Benz, that we can meaningfully contribute back to the
1: society. Right. We talk about the uh, EV industry, which is still not too common in Malaysia. And I think like we were just talking earlier about your home country, how there's power shortages and all that. But anyway, we'll focus on Malaysia. What are some of the strategies to support the EV industry?
0: When I look to Mercedes-Benz Malaysia, we tend to look at it from a holistic perspective. So not only do we endeavor to bring in the most comprehensive and diverse electric vehicle portfolio, as you might be aware, we already have five electric vehicles in the country at the moment, one of them also being locally assembled. But we try to also focus on other elements, training and development when it comes to readiness of electric vehicles, establishing and collaborating on the charging infrastructure within the country itself looking at partnerships and collaborations that make sense for a holistic collaboration on electric vehicles. All of these elements are very critical parts for us. And one important component we think uh, that we need to pay particular attention to is having a renewed corporate citizen strategy that goes towards creating a sustainable future for the communities in which we actually operate. So at Mercedes-Benz, we have what we call an Ambition 2039, Mm -hmm. which is our charter to create a carbon neutral fleet by the end of the decade and go all electric where it allows us. And for us in Malaysia, we see great opportunity. Whilst we may be in the infancy at the moment of electric vehicle adoption, we can definitely see some acceleration over the last year. When you look to government policies, when you look to local incentives, when you look to the government's commitment to the 2050 carbon-neutral Situation. It definitely bolsters well for the Malaysian economy. It bolsters well for the automotive industry, and is certainly, I would say, creating the right foundation for all of us to
1: establish electric vehicles for the future. Right. And you talk about infrastructure, right? And of course, coming from having come from Europe, and also prior to that, South Africa. What do you think? Uh, you know best practices or things that you've seen in Europe that could be adopted here in Malaysia, because I think that is the biggest thing, right? Getting the infrastructure right to support the EV. Absolutely.
0: And Frida, I mean, the most amount of challenges that we face is customer's anxiety right mm. their anxiety yes. towards range charging time etc therefore you're quite right the charging infrastructure is almost instrumental to the success of ev adoption in malaysia i think the most important thing is accelerating the speed at which we are putting up the charging infrastructure I can certainly say it is quite encouraging to note over the last year how much of public and private collaborations have actually taken place to establish some of this charging infrastructure. I think it cannot be the government authorities on their own Mm. that drives the charging infrastructure and setup. It has to be a partnership between public and private sector that jointly gets together to contribute towards this charging infrastructure. If you look abroad, you have to say the things that motivate this is, number one, the partnerships that you see in the industries, number two, the local policies, Mm -hmm. and the length of these policies are absolutely important. Incentives also are playing a major role. You need to have a direction on how you want to go in terms of charging solutions, but also the demand of electricity Mm. that it will have. And if we are going down the ESG road, we have to also take a deep look what this means environmentally if the electricity that we are using is still coming from fossil fuels. Right. Right. And therefore, it's important that I think we look at it holistically, that we try to speed up whatever charging infrastructure and a total readiness on EV in, in the
1: market. All right. I'm here with uh, Sagri Sadeh, the President and CEO of Mercedes-Benz Malaysia, will continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Her Vantage and Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Backing Feminist Movements, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. If you've just joined us, it's International Women's Day and on her vantage to speak to women of influence and leadership. I'm here with Sagri Sardin, President and CEO of Mercedes-Benz Malaysia, touching a little bit about her journey and also talking about the growth of Malaysia's EV industry. Earlier on, you talked about your Pekan plant, which has just rolled out its first locally assembled electric car, the EQS 500. Are we going to see more new models being assembled here or is the focus only on that model for now? Well, firstly, Frida, this has been a real milestone for us to
0: have our flagship electric vehicle produced locally here in our Pekan plant. We certainly, as Mercedes-Benz Malaysia, is committed to local assembly within Malaysia, and we will continue to evaluate whichever models make sense to bring into the country. What will be the key decision makers for us is much more longer term policies, much more longer term incentives, which allows us for better decision making and planning for the future. I can assure you, stay tuned. We will definitely bring in more models than what you see today on the local front, But we get started, obviously, with the EQS 500 formatic at Pekan. And we think that this creates a good opportunity to bolster employment, to create at the end of the day an inflow of investment, especially when it comes to the technology, as well as the upgrades that are required to facilities Mm. at production plants. And also creates a great opportunity for sub-suppliers to contribute to local content from Malaysia. So we really believe this is the right direction. We are fully committed to the entire EV agenda. And as I mentioned, we don't really want to just bring in a product portfolio to the market and sell vehicles to our end customers. We want to really create an end-to-end solution, starting from not only the product portfolio, but the charging infrastructure, the production locally, recycling. So the total picture is actually complete and closed when it comes to electric vehicles. Mm. Okay, you
1: talk about the longer term
0: policies? What are the policies you would like to see? Great. For us I think most importantly is the incentives, yeah. Mm. If we have longer term incentives, and if you look globally, most of the EV incentives range up to 10 years. Mm. This allows for better planning, better investments. And therefore, that's the first thing, if you were to ask me my wish that I would look at, that we would have much more longer uh, plans when it comes to import and excise duties, when it comes to road taxes. And when it comes to the electric vehicle policy, we have to look at further opportunities for charging subsidies to create this consumer awareness around uh, electric vehicles and the adoption and even to fast track some of our commitments in terms of electrification and the number of electric vehicles. Mm. As you might know, Tenku Zafrul uh, in a week ago was at our plant during our official inauguration. And it was interesting to note that he mentioned that by 2040, it is hopeful that we get to 38% of electric vehicles as part of the total industry volume. And our wish would be, of course, we get there quicker. And secondly, at the end of the day, that the adoption is even higher than Mm. 38 percent. Of course, Malaysia is in its infancy, but we remain hopeful based on the interest that has been generated on electric vehicles, based on the entrance that we are seeing coming into the market. And of course, whatever the government authorities is doing right now
1: to bolster this. Right. Now, that said as well, right, because Mercedes is a luxury brand, right? So that remains to be the focus. Do you think there'll be cheaper versions for people like me?
0: Very good question, Frida. So on the Mercedes-Benz front, I mean, we have very clear foundational pillars. And four of them I can definitely say is electrification, luxury, you've hit on the head, mm. digitization and sustainability. We will not change our core focus of being a luxury brand and we will continue to produce a portfolio that fits into that particular segment. But I can say we will have an electric vehicle for every segment of our customer, ranging from the New generation compact, right up to the flagship of our S-Class. So you can be rest assured that our existing customer base will be able to comfortably transition into the electric age, having a vehicle that meets their requirement. Hence the diversity of our portfolio for the
1: future. Right. And Mercedes overall, right? The core focus in the areas of ESG. what What are you guys doing? For ESG, as I mentioned, we have Ambition 2039, which is our
0: global footprint, and we want to follow the direction of transitioning from electric first to electric only by the end of the decade, if it is possible and obviously permits in Malaysia. Given this, what does it mean for us here in Mercedes-Benz Malaysia? Firstly, we want to continue to bring in a much more extensive product portfolio on electric vehicles. You will see also, apart from the five models that I've mentioned, many coming in already in 20. 20- 2023 and 2024. We then aim and endeavor to train up our sales and after sales environment so that they are ready to handle electric vehicle and the new world of technology that awaits further to that on the retail side we want to ensure that we are getting our dealerships ready for electrification not only just in terms of training our people and being ready to sell the car but also in terms of the sustainability elements we want to focus on ensuring that our production facilities our retail facilities our own facilities all start gaining sustainable elements Mm. because we want to reduce our carbon footprint in the end. And finally, we want to also ensure that our suppliers that are part of our value chain are also following our direction and supporting us in the journey towards sustainability. Lastly, for me, which is very important, is the charging infrastructure. We have now currently implemented a business case of 15 DC charges across our dealer network. To date, we have already installed. 10 of these DC chargers with the remaining 5 in 2023 which will allow our customers to travel seamlessly from one end of the peninsula to the other comfortably knowing that
1: they can charge at a Mercedes-Benz dealership. I, I think that's the, the back of everyone's mind, right? <laughs> will, it, will I arrive there? Oh, my car stop in the middle of the road. And uh, you know, MAA forecast car sales to go down nearly 10%. But on the other hand, Mercedes has plans to introduce your luxury EVs by the end this year. So what is driving Mercedes' confidence in this step in achieving your sales target. Yes. If
0: so, Frida, despite all the challenges that you hear that could originate in the second half of, of 2023, Mercedes-Benz remain cautiously optimistic about the business outlook of the Malaysian market for various reasons. Number one is the product portfolio that we bring in will be very extensive for 2023 and we will have a significant number of launches. So we have to capitalize on this product offensive and the technology and innovation that we bring in. Secondly, we are fully cognizant that the latter part of the year could have a slowdown in demand. And therefore, it's imperative that there are a few elements that we navigate quite carefully. One of those being that we have to continue to intensify our sales and marketing engagements with our customers. We have to ensure that we maintain a strong cost discipline. We are not immune to raw material pricing, increasing globally, inflation and those sort of topics. So therefore, we are cognizant of that and we have to be mindful of how we have a cost discipline But during difficult times, it is really our opinion that this is the right time to focus on transformational activities. So we will keep our effort and our eye on our four main topics, which is intensifying electrification, focusing on digitalization Enhancing luxury for our customer experience and certainly driving sustainability. Mm. Therefore, we are quite confident with this plan ahead that we really have the foundational elements in place to be able to capitalize on 2023, but
1: also to remain resilient, even if the tur- mm. tide turns. Right. OK. And and do you take care of uh, markets outside Malaysia? So what are you seeing in the rest of the region
0: So definitely for the ASEAN region um, there is a lot of excitement in the year and the reason being is electrification is starting to intensify and grow. The markets are really in quite a competitive stage among each other ensuring that the right charging infrastructure is coming into play the right models of vehicles. New Mm entrants. I find many many entrants of electric vehicles now confidently coming into the market which is creating the right ecosystem. You see government policies being adapted and changed. So the entire Southeast Asia region is really moving in the right direction when it comes to electrification. The question, of course, that remains is at what speed will they accelerate electrification? How will our consumers actually adapt to this? Is it only early adopter scenario that we see? How sustainable is all of this in the longer term? I also think with most of the, the Asian markets now being opened up, there's huge opportunities for business, for manufacturing. If you look to Malaysia, they can become one of the leading hubs when it comes to mm. mature electronics. And I think this is great for the Malaysian economy itself. If we also advance in terms of electrification, we could also be the leader and at the forefront of all electric uh, efforts uh, in, in the region itself. So looking very promising, to be quite honest, and I think we just have to monitor and look at how... How it pans out for the remainder of the year, I think demand will be pretty stable, but beyond that, we have to become a little bit
1: more resilient. Right, and it's interesting, right? When you look at how you know diverse Southeast Asia and the level you know, of development in all the different countries, I guess the final question as well is, you know, in terms of uh, women and uh, leadership, right? In conjunction with IWD, could you share some insights into women leadership in a male-dominated field? Of course, as equality is an increasingly important element in the ESG space, not only equality, right? But what was this year's uh, theme? Hashtag embrace equity.
0: Well, Frida, I can definitely say when I look to the automotive environment, I can certainly see the industry embracing female leadership. And if we look at it, you can see, especially when it comes to Mercedes-Benz, we are highly committed to the topics of diversity and inclusivity and we don't only just look at gender diversity we look at cultural diversity we look at internationalization and all of these elements together for us creates equal opportunities for our employees what we want to do is really create an environment that's conducive to bringing together different perspectives, different views, ways of thinking and acting. So with this, we obviously have the goal and the ambition to increase the number of senior management of women in leadership, and we continue to empower on these levels. And we also look to our customer base. Yeah. One of the formats that we have launched, and you may be familiar, is She's Mercedes. Mm. It's across 70 countries, and we have it even here in Malaysia. And it's a great platform to connect women of different countries cultures, diversities, sharing experiences at the end. We are finding that women are quite agile. They are driving forces in the various industries. And if you look at a woman, they have the ability of two sides of the coin. One being we can be quite tough. Mm -hmm. We can be quite aggressive. We can challenge. But on the other hand, we have a very nurturing, caring side of us. These elements, I think, complement us and enables us to make some very critical decisions, enables us to create a good circle of influence around ourselves, but also enables us to take those tough decisions. Mm. And therefore, I think women are well positioned to be able to capitalize in the industry. I can only encourage the the ladies out there to make sure that you leverage on your strategic networks, that you build your partnerships, that you have the confidence to move forward and believe it or not it's not really about whether you are male or female it's not really about gender diversity at the end it's really about what counts and matters is the skills mm. the competencies and the attitude that you bring in to make this industry a
1: success. Right, and you said driving forces, pun intended, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking to Sagri Sardine, President and CEO of Mercedes-Benz Malaysia. You've been listening to Her Vantage, uh, this IWD. This is Enterprise, BFM 89.9.